What is up, everybody? Welcome to the last episode of the regular season of the Panthers Nation podcast. want to start off just by saying, I mean, there was a lot of bumps in the road. There was a lot of miscues and a lot of misinformation and all that kind of stuff. But props to the NFL. Didn't think we were going to get a full season out of this. Didn't think that everyone was going to get to play. So the fact that they were able to turn this around, I mean, just props to them that we were able to see a full season just as football fans. I don't know how – it meant a lot to me, especially with all this going on. I think to, oh, to push the – the way it, not to push the envelope, but to, to do what they did and do it in a way that they got it in in 17 weeks or whatever and, you know, everybody had their buys and they made it work. Um, yeah, it could have been a complete disaster, but for the NFL to do what they did, knowing what it meant to the fans, knowing what it means to our nation, um, kudos. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. I, I, I just remember what, how we felt about it months ago on the, on the old show and just, just remember how we were just unsure and we really didn't know. But, I mean, kudos to the NFL. I mean, especially after what seeing the NBA did and seeing how they executed, it, it was great to see a team, see the NFL with the with 53 players playing every week, being able to still manage to get a full 17-week season out of the way. I mean, this is nothing but congratulations. And Tyler, yeah, speaking yeah. of which, how, how have things been going with you? You know, for those who don't know, Tyler plays Division II football, and he started into this right when everything was going down. So uh, how, how's that season been looking so far? Yeah, you know, it's playing for the spring, and, you know, we're getting there slowly but surely. And, you know, as of now, you just hope it happens. But, you know, just like the NFL and a lot of these other, uh, you know, sports, we've seen that they can make it happen. And they've, you know, people have figured out ways to make it work. The NFL, not like the NBA or the NHL where they can kind of get in a bubble. It's not it's not as easy in the NFL. But, you know, no matter how our season turned out here with the Panthers, uh, it was just great to have football every Sunday. And uh, you can't really complain about that, especially during these times. It was just great to see that. Real quick for you, Tyler. You so will you play in the spring then? Yep, we're playing. Uh, we're uh, you know we're in the OAC in Ohio. We're uh, playing on playing in the spring. Uh, Going to be a little bit cold and you know something different. Uh, <laughs> it'll all be outside. First game is March twelfth. So and, you know football is football. So I'm excited to get after exactly. it. I say you should wish oh, it was down yeah. here. I was playing golf yesterday. It was sixty two <laughs> degrees. Hey, Tyler. Best of luck, man. We'll we'll keep you in our thoughts and prayers, man, and just uh, rock it out, dude. Most yeah, definitely. thank you so much. I appreciate that. Because you're doing something that we all wish and pray we could get back to doing. We know all know how much we miss football. I mean, we've got the whole, other than me, a whole Division II squad of football players right here, <laughs> and Jeff and Sean T. So I was on hey, the baby. <laughs> so we got to, we're not selling out, I promise, but we do got to make a little a kind of little advertisement, a little sponsorship. Shantis is he is decked out tonight. Tell me where you got it from, buddy. Yes, sir. Look, man, I got this, you know, this wonderful piece of thread from Locker Room CLT. If you need any Vincent Panthers gear, that Locker Room CLT is the way to go. They got all the selection you need from t-shirts, sweatshirts, and of course. The jackets, you know, you you gotta you got you gotta look at the details. You know they got a lot of retro Vintage, memorabilia, man. not just they got NFL, NBA, college, MLB, NHL, NASCAR, and it's run from a guy here in Charlotte that is a really good friends with Panthers Nation and, and you know and Ian who y'all met last week. And uh, I got a bone to pick with him. He needs to find more medium because I'm small. Everything is large. Everything he gets is large. So I just need some smaller items of clothing. You need a little. You know that's 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 a whole different problem. We're not gonna talk about that. That's that's too late. We're too late down that path. We're, we're not going to go into that. Um, and obviously, for anyone who's watching the video version of this and anyone who's listening or knows who Jeff is, disclaimer, you can skip to about maybe 15 minutes in, but we have to talk about this before we go into it. We're, I mean, you see it. You, what do you have to say about tonight's game uh, as a I'm, Titans fan? I'm spent. Um, I'm absolutely spent. That is that is a typical Titans victory, but um, kudos to Derrick Henry. People say what you want. They line up. They try to stop him. Got 2,000 yards. And the fact that the Titans – the only organization that's had two 2,000-yard rushers and CJ and him, um, Ryan Tannehill. Listen, say what you want. The man can ball out, man, and he can that play some ball. And, and, and they got in, and they won the division. Um, the doink went the right way. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, the Bears fans but, are kicking uh, themselves. But, but I'm, listen, props <laughs> to Deshaun Watson. That man can play some football. And he carried an entire team to that record. And I know it wasn't what they wanted. And then say what you want about J.J. Watt. He's done great stuff. But Deshaun Watson, you just watch him and you go, really, dude? Um, and, and so props to him. But, um, hey, we're in. Let's see what happens. And But uh, Derrick Henry, um, that's what old school football is about. That's what being a running back is about. And um, God bless him. So uh, yeah. I, I've survived. <laughs> and not even that. AJ, AJ Brown is a AJ bad Brown, man. I mean, I mean he, gets, he surpassed 1,000 yards today as a receiver. I mean, in, his, in year two. That's a crazy stat already. And then we saw the game. Uh, and I know we're going to talk about it, but DJ Moore, that catch. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, are you kidding me? That catch. 
we'll talk about that's it. A pretty, I mean, it's, no, it's a seamless transition. But, I mean, but, do you, no, like, yeah, no, go, go. That, I mean, was, that was, I, I, whatever. And that's the most annoying part is you see the flashes of the offense. And we talk about this all the time. We see the flashes. We see what Kurt Coe can do. We see what DJ can do. Hell, we even see, I want to say there was one, the, one of my favorite plays of the whole night. It was a horrible third down call by Joe Brady. It was an out, like an out route throw to, um, to Alex Armo on like third and two. And he just got wrapped up by, by the Mario Davis, which that's going to happen every time. But yeah. then fourth and one, Rodney Smith, he runs into a, into a wall. And I thought it was dead to rights. And he just, he carries the whole pile with him and pops right back out. I thought he was going to break it for, for six. Man, look, you know, we, we talked about Rodney Smith earlier this week in the group chat. You know, we just, you know, just talking about how he, how impressive he's been. I really like Rodney Smith. And I, I mean, I know, unfortunately, with the many running backs that we have, of course, with Mike Davis being on the roster. I mean, Mike Davis may be looking to go elsewhere after this year because having a thousand yard season, he may get he may get a payday from somewhere else. So if Rodney Smith has to be the backup, I like what we have. No, yeah. I mean, Tyler, talk just a little bit about, you know, what you saw, kind of some of the flashes today. Cause obviously, I mean, you can't not look at Kurt Co. And did Kurt Co get to a thousand? I know he was he was itching. Did he get there? I can't remember. Yeah, so we joined the uh, Chiefs uh, with, with two players getting over a thousand receiving yards. They they had uh, Kelsey and Hill, um, so you love to see that, you know. Um, but uh, you know, it's just another tough loss. As we you, you look at the box score, and that pretty much, you know, sometimes the box score is going to lie a little bit, but that really tells the whole tale of this game. You know, five interceptions uh, from both of our quarterbacks. It was a rough one, um, even though the Saints, you know, they were still playing for the uh, the first seed or second seed. Um, so, but even though they didn't have as much to play for, they still brought it and it, it just looked real bad for the Panthers. Um, we can, we can talk about some of the bright spots though. No Brian Burns today, but our D line still looks pretty tough. You know, our defense, um, it's been amazing to see how much they grow. It's just been a rapid growth for all these young guys over the last, you know, the back end of this year, it was just great for them, uh, especially the, like Derek Brown. Um, and we know Jerry, Jeremy Chin, what he's done. So I'm excited at looking at looking at those guys for year two. Um, but real quick, when we're talking about our receivers, I want to pose a question to you guys. Uh-oh. How would you rank our three receivers after year one with them? Well, see, here's what I – I mean, it's not even the receivers because, I mean, honestly, wow, it's pretty It's pretty close. Like, it's it's almost, like, minuscule. So, I excuse me, I have to correct myself also. Curtis Samuel passed 1,000 yards from scrimmage, not yeah. from receiving yards. Um, but that's still huge to get. You have three receivers that have gotten 1,000 yards in some way, shape. I mean, you have four offensive players that have gotten 1,000 yards – in total in their season. Crazy. You had Mike Davis and Curtis Samuel both getting a thousand from scrimmage. And then you had DJ and Robbie really? both getting a thousand and receiving a long time out real quick. Yeah. And you had those quarterbacks. Don't get me started. You got four guys that are above a thousand yards. And that is what you did with your quarterbacks. Yeah. Hey. That's I what I, but back, back to, let me just, sorry, Chauncey, real quick, Tyler, what you said, and we'll go longer with it and, and talk about it. kudos to the defense. You I mean, go from week one to week now, week seventeen, and you did what you did with those guys um, to be that young. God bless, this, God bless them. Because this week wasn't an indicator of how, no, how they truly not. play. Yeah. But but today they had they had moments of, of brilliant. I mean, brilliant. They, it was, it, but God bless them. But to have four guys a thousand yards and you've got those quarterback whatever. Hey, look. So I'm gonna ask Tyler's question because if we're ranking the receivers. Now, I remember okay. coming into the year, especially early on. Everybody was on, on that Robbie train, and every time people were kind of iffy on DJ Moore, at least about the first half of the season. DJ Moore is, is number one, Kurt Cole is number two, and I got Robbie Anderson number three. I like DJ Moore is just, I watch him catch, make those contested catches. It reminds me of Steve Smith every time, especially in double coverage. I mean, he's money. It's like every time, I mean, those are like punts. These are like punts that Teddy Bridgewater is throwing up, and he he's coming down with me. The only, only guy I can think of is Steve Smith. And, and once Steve Smith gave him the co-sign when we drafted him, I, I was really itching for him to be that guy. So, Curtis Curtis is just money. I ain't gonna lie. There, there isn't too many times throughout the game where Curtis isn't open or he isn't available to make a play. Robbie, I love Robbie. I love, I love what he's added to this offense, but he's just he's more so of a one-trick pony. I like but now He's great at it. Speed. It's all speed. But because he's kind of limited as far as the route tree he runs and the things he's able to do after the catch, if it isn't just a wide open field, I got to take the first – I got to take DJ and Curtis over him. And and I would agree with that. But I also want to say there's a little bone to pick. I mean, with and it could be either with Teddy or with Brady, depending on how the routes are being drawn up. But Teddy was supposed to be able to be that guy, like we keep talking about, that game manager, that, you know, that point guard almost as a quarterback. He's getting the ball to everybody. The The – 
the discrepancy between the targets, especially today. I think what Robbie had maybe two, three targets, if that. And I mean, so you got to include him. And that's been the thing with Robbie all year is that he's not really been included for a lot of time, whether that's he's being, you know, locked down in coverage or he's not running routes that are conducive to where Teddy needs to go. I mean, I'm still, I mean, I'm, I agree with that list because especially with the way we use Curtis this year, and now that makes the decision even harder on whoever the heck the GM is as to whether or not you re-sign Curtis or Taylor. Cause I just don't know if we have the money for both the way that we, the way that we use it. I mean, maybe Tepper needs to dig out of his, you know, pick, piggy bank a little bit and help us out. But I mean, I'm, I'm putting that same list. It's DJ Curtis and it's, it's Robbie. Robbie. I mean, Robbie's just a national treasure. I can't like, well, he's, he's a meme. I, I of the but, but Shanti said it on the head. I mean, you know, he's a one trick pony with speed. When DJ made that, made that catch today, which also Teddy should never have thrown Which that Teddy ball first of all. I don't know what he was doing. But to out jump two guys. Yeah. Make at, your, catch, at your size, at, right, too. At your size, make that catch. It was Steve Smith esque, if and, I and, like Shanti said. And and to do that, that's that you, you make catches, uncontested catches and stuff, that's a difference. That's a difference maker. Yeah. And and I mean honestly, Kirk, like the way I've seen Curtis in these last few weeks is kind of like the rise and kind of emergence of almost like Tyreek Hill in terms of his versatility on the field at any point of the ball. I mean, you could get it from any point on the field, and he's he could get a first down and more. I mean, he's just and it's been he's wanted. I think like I said, we said it a couple weeks ago. Competition begets success because he knows. Now he's fighting for that spot. It, it happened was what about six weeks in? He was silent. Yeah. He maybe had some runs out of the backfield, but he was silent. And he was like, "I'm not going to keep doing this every week. I'm going to get. I'm going to make myself a part of this offense." Whether Robbie's not doing it the same way, I mean, I think Robbie also is a little bit more like. I think what Robbie didn't like about, and I'm, I mean, I'm just speaking for him. I don't know his mindset, but I think what he didn't like in, in you know, in New York was that he was doing most of it himself, other than Quincy and Nua. Mm-hmm. But you saw in some of those plays where Quincy, when he was, you know, had that pocket of success, Robbie was the first one there, you know, you know, cheering him on, egging him on. I think Robbie's that same kind of way. He just wants to win the ball game. I know he's a dog and he wants to also do it himself, but I think he's one of those guys like, look, if it ain't me, like get it to somebody else, you know, like I'm, yeah. I, he wants, I think he, I think that wide receiver group is really, really close. I think oh, that yeah. cat pack has become like, like this. When you got guys that are of the same mindset, kind of the same t- uh, skill level and same skill set, and just the pl- and just the way they are personality wise, like I'd love to see the three of them just in a room together. That's got to be just pure comedy. Um, and I mean, that's what like that was the biggest thing here. I mean, we saw, and so that's gonna be, and as we can talk about too, the GM. I got to look up it real quick in terms of a couple candidates. Um, the one main one they were looking at was the Giants' former GM. At, uh, it was like Adam Adam Reese or something like that. I got to remember the name real quick. I got to. Yeah, they're talking about Dan Morgan too, uh, for former Panthers linebacker. He actually works in the front office of the Bills. He's a candidate because uh, you know wow. the Panthers Bills connection. Uh, Nick Casario from the Patriots also. Yep. I saw um, that. Yeah, and then um, Jeff the was the Seahawks guy in the running. John Schneider is that his name? Um, I don't know for us, but he, he's been really he like, he cool. a bunch he of other jobs somewhere. I don't know exactly where. Mm-hmm. So what happened? Mm-hmm. Well, I was not well, not for nothing. I would love to see Dan Morgan get the job. Just that would be interesting. That would be really. I mean, that would be really interesting. <laughs> We've made these progressive hires as far as having a college head coach and a college offensive coordinator and a college defense coordinator. What's? I mean, I see nothing wrong with bringing in a former player to be the general manager, and especially looking at what they've done in over in Buffalo. They built this team very well. I mean, they took they took our mold, but I think they've done it. They perfected a little bit better than what we were able to do. That team right now is playing ball, and it's been built well, and it's a force to be reckoned with in the next three weeks. Jerry Reese, yeah. Jerry Reese. Jerry Reese with the Giants. But the the issue with that, with Jerry Reese playing, who used to be the gem for the, uh, the Giants, guess who was with the Giants in 2012 as a coordinator? Matt Rule. So... I don't want to be following this nepotism train if that's our top because that's what I've seen from a lot of them. We have an interview set, we're setting up an interview with Jerry Reese. I've also seen an interview <laughs> Saints VP and assistant GM of co- of college personnel. Let me repeat that of college personnel, Jeff Ireland. So I wonder who he's gotten, who he's been talking with, and who he's got connections with. Yeah, Jeff Jeff Ireland. He was a former uh, GM of the Dolphins a while ago. Um, but another guy I, they rumored uh, was uh, Monty Austin for uh, works in the front office of the Titans. Um, so there's an, there's another name thrown out there. But I mean, we'll see. We'll just have to see. It's hard to it's hard to know a lot about these guys when most of them are working behind the scenes. And yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, but so that's why like, so we've been talking about this with some of these picks because right now, uh, where uh, Tyler uh, with our pick tracker, where are we sitting right now? If, uh, oh yeah, right now. <laughs> so with the loss, we're at eight right now, and if the Eagles win, as or as the time we're recording this, if the Eagles win, we'll have seven. So seven or eight. I'm sorry, and this is gonna sound, uh, and I know Shanti's gonna have an issue with this. <laughs> it's just one pick, and it means Washington makes the playoffs. I'm rooting for Washington to make the playoffs. I'm sorry. Yeah. The disparity, the disparity. I mean, the disparity in the, oh, yeah. in the count between seven well, and eight is not that far off. It's not. Listen, it. it and I know I don't want to watch our, the jo- at least in our household. I mean, in the NFC, Washington would be. Uh, it, Ron Rivera, I'd love to see him go and, and cause some trouble. Um, and 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 Alex, listen, that defense can play ball. Yeah, and Alex Smith, and you get them going. Uh, listen, the NFC NFC is not strong, and, and anybody I think can beat it. Well, except well. God forbid the Giants get it. I don't even. Yeah, go down see, that's that road. that's the more. I don't even want to go down that road. That's the cherry yeah. on top of it. I do um, not want to see the Giants in the playoffs. That's just no. that's just a, a game. That's a gimme game, and no, no one wants to see that. We want to see some competition. And I mean, if it's standing right now, I believe uh, the way it would go is that the Bucks would be playing mm-hmm. fourth seed, which would be Washington. I mean, do you don't want to see Washington? No, 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 no. You think you think Tom Brady wants to see that front seven? No, he cannot not escape that front seven. Hey, look here, Chase Young is coming. I, from uh-huh. for what it's worth, I didn't get to get on the podcast last week, but Chase Young popped. Like I saw him a lot. I'm like, wow. I, okay. I, and I, not even I, to mention Montez Sweat, uh, uh, Darren Payne, Ryan Kerrigan. Like, like you don't want to see that. You don't want to see that at that age. Not Tom in Brady? late December football. Not in yeah. like late season or early January. That's not the and and, and I don't know. Have we heard any more about? I mean, I don't. Know. I, see, I haven't seen anything about Mike Evans. Evans. If he's not he in, hurt. and your DB's I, only got to cover Scotty Miller and Antonio he's Brown, he's done. done. He's got to be done. I, I, that's me. That's me. That's what I'm. Yeah, I, didn't, I, no I saw it. I didn't. I haven't heard any more, but um. We can check it out. I, I mean, because that if you if you only got to cover Scotty Miller, Gronkowski, and Antonio Brown, right. and then Chris Godwin, I mean, Chris Godwin's now my, that's still like that's still probably the probably the that's still probably the best receiving core in football, even without Mike Evans. If you yeah, can, but be at but, his best, you know. Yeah. But what what I've always said is get after Tom Brady, and you can make him shuffle, make him get yeah. happy feet. And okay. they, got, they got the team to do it in Washington. They have the perfect team to get hit to get after him with the front four alone, without even blitzing, they can get after him. So I mean, I'd be I'd love to see that matchup. I would too, and so yeah. I mean, if it's if it's just seven to eight, if we're not if it doesn't if a win with Washington doesn't mean that we're knocked out of the top ten, then I'm sorry, I, I'm rooting for Washington to still beat the Eagles so we can get we can get Rivera in the play. Especially so. Also, I'm wearing it today. You can't see if you couldn't tell by the Walter Payton Man of the Year patch. TD. It's his last regular season game of the year. Um, and I mean, just for the career he's had, for the legacy he's left on the city, and for just the game of football. I don't know where he stands in terms of maybe a hall of fame bout. I don't know where, I mean, I don't honestly know if he makes one or not. Um, um, but, but I mean, just like, I mean, the man, just a man, he was the family he led, you know, he has, and just what he meant for the city. I mean, he was one of my favorite players to watch. I was devastated when we cut him to begin with, especially who we replaced him with. We're not going to pinch that nerve right now. Um, but it's just going to be sad to see. I mean, I was about three years ago today. We were watching Smitty play his last game and I remember how sad I was then. And so this was, I mean, right when we're done recording this, because we're we've been recording this, you know, it's eight thirty. I'm gonna go watch, you know, TD play his last game. And you know, is watching TD, especially when you know when him and Luke Keekley were paired. That's the best duo, one of the best linebacking duos of in, in, in NFL history. I don't know if people are well with that, well aware of what they accomplished while they were together, but that's definitely one of the best linebacking duos in NFL history. He'll definitely be an underrated guy because you know because he he played in Carolina small market team and because of what he accomplished, you know, he spent three years of his career on the sidelines with torn ACLs, still still was able to fight back. Walter Payton, man of the year, just a high-character guy, the type of guy you would love to have in your locker room, the type of guy that helped build the culture in Carolina to keep that keep pounding mantra going as strong as, that, going strong as it has been for over 20 years. So, I mean, I, look, definitely congratulations to Thomas Davis. Hopefully they make the playoffs. Hopefully they make a run. I would love to see him. Honestly, I would love to see him hosting up a trophy at the end of it, at the end of it all, if, if it's possible, you know. Tyler, what do you think? Yeah, you know, TD, uh, you know, even though I'm a, you know, younger Panthers fan, he was there through the thick and the thin, you threw it all, and he was a leader, you can tell. And, you know, at this point in the season when we're, you know, thinking about draft picks, thinking about winning and stuff, 
uh, you know, a guy like TD and that Panthers team with a strong culture, strong group of guys who, you know, it, it wasn't just football for them with TD and um, a lot of those other guys on the Super Bowl team. And, and you know, those early 2000s teams, it was, you know, a family man, you know, Walter Payton, man of the year. So stuff like that's important, too, that we got to pay attention to whenever we bring guys into our culture. And I think, you know, whoever the new GM is should learn from that, learn where the Panthers used to have success. And it was because we had good guys in the building. So, we, you know, TD's the, you know, he's the focal point of that. So we need to use that, um, use what how he became successful and bring that into our building. Jack mentioned, you know, Hall of Fame possibilities or whatever. I, I, I don't see why you wouldn't. Um, He's definitely I, in the I mean, in the, in the it, recovering it, from injury Hall well, of Fame. I mean, just the fact that if you, you like you guys have all mentioned, Walter Payton, Man of the Year, to come back from three what ACLs, three ACLs injuries, to still play, to still play at a level that is competitive. Um, what he did for the city of Charlotte. Um, and uh, for those who don't know, I did television for a while and had a chance to sit down and talk with him um, and see him at elementary schools and, and do things for kids around the city. Um, I yeah, Listen, not a classier human being. And if I'm, if I'm in the hall, hall of fame committee or voting or whatever, I want his bust in Canton to represent the NFL and, and represent the city of Charlotte and, and the Panthers organization. And he's definitely, he's in the ring of honor. You know, the, when the next time they do the ring of honor, he's in it immediately. And I know they went all offense last time. So maybe they go all defense this time. There's no one in my mind, honestly, of the Panthers organization, other than maybe Sam Mills, who embodies the keep pending, keep pounding mentality more than Thomas Davis. You talk about three ACL ter- uh, surgeries, three ACL tears. I'm going to quote Taylor Lewan. The ACL is a bitch-ass ligament. It serves no purpose other than to, to mess with your playing career. Like, there's no other reason for it. But he gets to come back from not one, not two, but three. And, of course, I mean, the Super Bowl year, when he breaks oh, his arm in the NFC Championship oh, game, and it's stitched up like a freaking football I'm so that he can play in the Super Bowl. He is the living embodiment of Keith Pounding. I just, bro, no matter what, no matter what injuries, what obstacles, look, you get the job done. There ain't no, uh, ain't no talking, okay. ain't, no, ain't nothing else to, ain't nothing else to talk about. Just get the, the job done. That's what he did. So question is, in my opinion, he meant more to this organization than Luke Keekley ever did. Uh, as a, From a character standpoint? I'm talking as a person, as a character, I, as a player. I would have to, I, I would expect, as his overall figure, yes. As yeah, a, yeah, I mean, of course, as a player, we know Luke Keekley's one of yeah. the greatest middle linebackers ever played this game. But as an overall, just figure in this organization, Thomas Davis does hold a he is a little bit more dear to at least to my heart than no. Luke is. You know, well, I think, and think about this, and then Tyler, you could maybe jump on this. How much better is Luke Keekley without Thomas Davis beside him? That's interesting. We never, we didn't ever, we never saw the two without each other. Oh, how, how, Luke without mean, it, it's, this it's, year. it's Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, Thomas Davis, Luke Keekley. Well, how, how much better is Luke Keekley without Thomas Davis? Well, I think, and I'm sorry, I think, I think that's, uh, that's what drove, <laughs> I mean, no, that's what drove, honestly, not drove him, but I think it was a main factor as to why oh. Keekley retired when he did. You saw him last year without TD. He was having aneurysms every single game because yeah. TD had so much to do to help him out with, all right, you call this, I'm going right. to call the front, you call the back, right. I'm going to call the left, you call the right. right. Like the two of them together. I, I will agree. It was one of the most perfect pairings, if not, and I'm going to go one of the best. one of the best. Probably one of the top five linebacker combinations in the history of the NFL. Oh, 100%. Best Period. in our generation. No question. Oh, yes. Yeah. I'll argue that's on blue in the face, but that's in terms of two linebackers. Yeah, we can get better linebackers. Period. We can talk about that all day, but the best combination. But Tyler, what, what do you think, bud? I think it's the best duo, or top five best duo of linebackers, and probably the best of our generation. Um, you know. You know, we saw Luke coming to the league and just set, set the league on fire right away as a rookie. And I think TD definitely had a huge role in that. You know, it's really hard. The NFL is a huge jump for any position, um, especially linebacker that, you know, he you got to be a leader. You got to know the whole defense and you got to step in there. And that's what made Luke so great. But uh, Luke wasn't the only one on the team that was that was the leader and knew the plays like that. It was also TD. So he helped him, you know, drastically. And I think they just paired together so well. And, you know, Luke is obviously seen as a great uh, you know, great person around the community, great athlete, but so is TD. So I think, you know, they go hand in hand. And I think, you know, just because of the, the more of the, the length of his career and what he means to Charlotte, I think TD uh, is a little bit, yeah, more, more honored by Carolina um, because of what yeah. he did. And Luke was probably, Luke was a better player, but you know, they just, Agreed. it's just hard. It's just hard not to, you know, appreciate.
appreciate what they both were. And it just, it just makes me wish we had two linebackers like that right now. <laughs> I said, we get, we get, Meech, we get Meech two years. We get Luke as the DC and TD as the linebackers coach and bring him in. And then, and you got a fire squad right then and there. I mean, you know, you're right. And like I said, you'll never see, like, I don't think I can't at least, in anything, you know, in knowing of any football history, and I can't think of any, especially in memory, of two linebackers with more interceptions than the two of them. I mean, I can't the, with the two. You think, especially the 2015 season, the games went because of TD, where he would jump almost like 180 degrees to get picks from Aaron Rodgers or Andrew Luck the, to seal both the, of those games. The pick against Green Bay 2017 at home. Yeah, that one too. And the Reds, right. like Jesus well, Christ, like it, you know, you are, you are, you are, you know. Okay, so I'm the old guy in the crew. I was gonna here. say, and 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 I mean, I'm 52, and so I've watched football for 40 plus years, and I can say without question. I mean, I can't think of I, any I can't linebackers. Think of a duo. Yeah, no, a duo. Yeah, I, I, mean, Mike Singletary, I can bring up some, you know, I can bring up some linebackers, but as a combination. Uh, no, I mean, every the time only, the only, you know, honest, honest to God, the only one I can think of is off the top of my mind would be Lance Briggs, Brian Erlacher. Yeah, Bowman, Bowman and Willis come to mind for me. Oh, that's Ooh. true. Bowman and Willis, God, I miss Bowman and Willis. That was a dirty duo, too. 49ers, right? 49ers yeah, Navarro Bowman yeah. and Patrick Willis. Oh, I'm tripping. Yeah, Ew. yeah, they but, were, but I mean, but, but that was make, like, the, uh, I guess over the duration and make the impact. I mean, Bowman and Willis were, uh, you know. Well, that's where you saw the, the, the Bears influence, especially, where you had Rivera right. playing with Singletary, no, you yeah. know, knowing I mean, the coaches, right. and especially right. with Erlacher, Erlacher and Briggs. Right. Yeah. That's where you saw it. I mean, that was a huge thing with Rivera. Um, but even just, I mean, just the, the two of them together, you could not have asked for a better would, deal I, I in your time. time. I'd have a hard time finding one. I, as you just, I just don't think you could. I mean, they're 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 definitely up there in terms of guys like, you know, Lance Briggs, Brian Erlacher, Terrell Suggs, and Ray Lewis, you know. In the, oh, in whoa, those. I didn't think about oh, Suggs. God. They didn't get as many interceptions. But, but, okay. Okay, we even mentioned all those guys. TD and Luke are still top five, no matter. Like no, yeah, I'm saying, like oh, this yeah, is no, a absolutely. like I'm going, absolutely. I'm going as a duo. Like you got Ray Lewis, Lance Briggs, yeah. probably. I guess I, I mean, forgot about the other linebacker duos that were out there. Nah, I, I won't go down a negative road here with Ray Lewis. <laughs> Wait, no, yeah, we know. <laughs> um, but so Tyler made an interesting point. He talked, you know, talking about what this new GM is going to have to come and do and try to, you know, embody the spirit of Carolina again. We talked about it. I mean, we were talking about this on our group chat as well. This pick. This first round, I mean, this 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 draft, this pick, this draft is going to be so crucial for the future of this team because you've got this new GM coming in at a very formative time frame for the team, and I'm I'm concerned. I'm very very concerned as to what's going to happen. We talked about it last week, you know, especially I think Ian mentioned it too. Uh, it was either Ian or Tyler where a GM's going to want to come in. I think it was Tyler where a GM's going to want to come in, make a staple on the team, get a chemistry well, and put in a quarterback. A couple weeks, you know, last week around this time, we had maybe a good idea as to who that quarterback might be. After certain events transpired throughout the week, that that QB list is a lot more shaken up. So now I'm, I'm interested in what y'all are thinking about that seventh or eighth pick. I think we're going to trade up. As we got a long, we got a long way to go. We got a lot of episodes to talk about this, and I might change my mind. What <laughs> I think we're going to happen is, you know, it's kind of the trend is kind of varied in the past few years but usually when you draft a quarterback he's your guy so you go up and get him no matter what and you make sure you secure him picking at seven or eight there might be a few teams in front of us who are questionable uh, quarterback teams they might they might not for example the falcons we don't know for sure what they might do or not so to me i don't know what they're gonna gonna, go ahead tyler yeah so if i had to put money on it today i would bet we trade up and draft a quarterback i i i I'm going to go with that. I, I think the Jets – listen, I don't think Sam Darnold is that bad of a quarterback. I don't either. I think Sam Darnold will get the job done. I haven't been on the show for a couple weeks now, but I agree with you, dude. Go figure out a way – listen, you do not have a starting quarterback on your roster. No, that's, period. That's end of story, end of discussion. But go get a quarterback. I mean, I, and we were talking about earlier is watching games today. Where does Mac Jones fall into all this? Alabama. And see, I mean, I listen how he does, you know, next Monday night against Ohio State. Yeah. I mean, if you got, you know, you know, the, I don't, Trevor Lawrence, who I don't, you know, whatever, we'll talk. I mean, to me, Justin Fields right now is the best quarterback in college football. But you got Mac Jones. And we've been telling you that. I know. I mean, listen, and Mac Jones, listen, (laughs) the man can throw the football. I mean, and he's smart and it's just like, what do you do? But I agree with you, Tyler. I, I think you trade up and you go get yourself a quarterback. I mean, we were talking offensive line, but I, I 
So I'll get my two points, and I kind of get my points on this. And I'm going to ask Sean, about later. I'm going to see where Shantis is because I'm assuming he's probably got a gem droppers coming on the way about quarterbacks in this draft. I'm, I'm thinking that's going to that's going to come. I don't, I don't know if that's true or not, but we we gonna see. Because <laughs> in my mind right now, I mean, yeah, Justin Fields is number one after the after the performance that he was if you know there was there was if he talks about him after the uh, the championship game. Um, but I mean, after the way he played. And the way he was playing, I mean, those DBs for Clemson were playing worse for oh, a little bit. They were they were pretty horrible. bad. And one of them was a backup, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, my buddy's a Clemson fan, unfortunately. But so I think one of them was a, a backup. But time out there real quick. We were kind of happy though with the Clemson loss. Oh no, of course. Well, actually, no. I was I was a little upset because I wanted I wanted Fields, and now we're probably not going to get. He's not going to fall to us at seven. Right. No, yeah, I think how Fields slip. Um, and so for Mac Jones, and I want to see. I'm interested to see what John C says as well. But. I mean, other than you know the obviously the very recent Intua and 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 um and and Hurts, Alabama quarterbacks have not been a focal point in terms of who are coming. Like I mean, the last other than you know Tua and and Hurts, the last quarterback to come out of Alabama was more than it was AJ McCarron. So okay. did he really? He threw the fake punt for the Texans. No, that was that was that man was black, father. That was no, not, that was AJ McCarron. No, AJ McCarron, <laughs> McCarron caught it. That was a different AJ McCarron. AJ McCarron is on the Bengals. No, I think you're right. I'm fairly certain. Right? Go ahead. Whoever caught it was black. I don't know if it was thrown by AJ McCarron, but because I was confused about that too. I was like, I don't think that's who that is. Because originally they said AJ Brown <laughs> threw the fake punt. Oh, you're right, you're right. You're so right. I was like, that's just not AJ Brown. Um, so for me, I mean, it's this is what I said before, and it's evident today. Because PJ, I mean, even in the, like we saw in the game against the Lions, he didn't do a half bad job. Yeah. Um, was that when he he played the Lions game? Yeah. Right? Lions. Okay. So he didn't do he didn't do a banged up job against the Lions. I mean, we put up points against the Lions, and their defense shut him out. In this and against a Saints defense that obviously still was playing for something, but is not as good of a defense as they were last year. They've had spots, but they were not as good altogether as they were last year. I mean, Demario Davis is coming on on his own. He's been crazy, but um, I think any rookie quarterback you put in this situation except maybe Fields, just because of his mobility, is going to perform the same, if not worse, than Teddy and PJ are right now. I just – we do not have the line to facilitate a comfortable environment for a rookie quarterback. Or was it? This, was it AJ McCarron that threw it? AJ oh, McCarron was one for one. Oh, then, <laughs> then I was wrong. I'm it sorry. Was, okay. And see, this okay. is why I disagree. And this is why I disagree. What you, what, what between, I, go ahead. I mean, the difference between – Okay, but there's only a handful of quarterbacks that I, I truly would want to take and put that pressure on. Like, hey, you got to be the guy. I like Matt Jones. That's a that's a trap pick. Like, you can you can fall in love with him late and possibly reach up and get him, and you'll you'll be getting fired in the next three to four years. Because I just don't know if he's that. Because I'm just, I'm gonna be honest with you, I don't. I've I've said this before. I don't necessarily trust Jalen Hurts as, as an NFL quarterback, and I I haven't seen anything from Tua. Like in this and that stretch of games this year, two is only was throwing for 115 yards. I don't really know what I was supposed to see out of them, out of him this year that was supposed to make me believe that he's a quarterback going forward that you can win with. So you also got to look at the weapons. You also got to look at the weapons that Mac Jones has that has had this year. And it, and it's the same, but it's the same issue I had with Jalen and Tua. Like they all they all play with the same receivers for the for the most part. All the, the receivers that they play with were there. Devontae Smith was at least there for all three. They're all the best, they're all some of the best prospects that have come out in the last you know three to four years. So I, it's kind of hard for me to judge until we get like more film on those guys. But if I'm like the last guy I I think can that can come into Carolina and, and make an impact and be good. And I and I hate that you know I, I hate where he's coming from. But Trey Lance, I I just don't like drafting quarterbacks out of those types of schools because I it, it, to me it's, it's like a flip of a coin. You you have to just look at the film and just say, well, does he pop off the screen? Does he just yeah. pop off the screen? Does he just catch your eye? Trey Lance is the last quarterback on that list because, I mean, look, Wilson is going to be gone probably by, by seven or eight. Fields is definitely gone and Lawrence is gone. So you, so your last option, the last true option, I think you have a quarterback that, that could potentially come in and be a day one starter would be Trey Lance. And even then, he only has one year of college experience. So then, even then, I'm still iffy on that. But that's I think he could come in because of his arm talent and because of his physical ability. He would he has a higher ceiling than Teddy Bridgewater does and even PJ Walker because he can there's still more there's still more we can accomplish with his arm talent than we could with the other two, you know. Yeah. And Tyler, re recap the whole for those who may not remember, because it was, you know, still I mean the true you know, Panthers fans have been paying attention to the draft. You understand how funny and how petty playing Tommy Stevens was today. I loved it. 
Yeah, so, you know, the draft is, of course, just a very serious thing. It's, it happens once a year. It's very se- serious for everybody involved. But sometimes at the end of the draft, the team like to screw around a little bit and have a little bit of fun. Um, and the seriousness this year kind of went away with this uh, whole Saints-Panthers situation. So what happened was – um, you know, undrafted free agents, they're not supposed to start negotiating until um, after the draft. You know, th- the rule really doesn't get followed. So, um, you know, the Panthers reach out to Tommy Stevens, Joe Brady coming from New Orleans. And he, he likes to taste some hill mold. That's why we want Tommy Stevens. Um, he negotiates with uh, Tommy Stevens and his agent. And he says that he already had a deal in place with the Saints, um, but he's ready to come to Carolina. And um, um, so he tells the Saints he's going to Carolina. Um, so Sean Payne gets on the phone with, uh, with, um, Tommy Stevens agent. He goes too bad. <laughs> We're so they trade up in the draft when they don't have any picks and they draft Tommy Stevens when they already have three quarterbacks in Jameis Breeze and Taysom at that point. And then he texts Joe Brady actually and said, um, not, not so fast or something, something along those lines. So, um, <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. So he blocked the Panthers from getting our Taysom Hill, um, even though they had to never, never ever say those words again, that made me want to physically vomit. I hated every <laughs> syllable in that word, in that sentence of words. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so you know, through a bunch of you know practice squad moves and stuff, as we all expected, Tommy didn't make the roster because you know they're not going to take four quarterbacks into the year. And so he, we bring him onto our practice squad, and then you know the Panthers fire back, and it comes full circle, and we run. Uh, I think he had four carries today for us, Tommy Stevens. Yep. So there yeah, you he, go. He looked all right too. I ain't gonna lie. I mean, I was intrigued to see whether they let him get some, like a few snaps at quarterback. You know, actually let him sling it around a little bit. It's such. It's it's just such a tough spot to be in. I, I mean, it really is. It, it, you know, you, you talked about Tua, and I watched him. You know, well, I watched his entire game today, hoping they would lose to the Bills. Um, and you got to have the right offense for him. You got to have the right. I mean, you got to let him be Russell Wilson. You got to let him be who he needs to be and if he's not it's not it doesn't work well it's like well who, i'm trying to figure out who he is like who is he? right, like, who, who, right. Like, who is he supposed to be like i don't know if he's i right now i would say he's a game he probably, his best bet would be a game be a game manager for two to three years and hopefully take that next step like russell wilson did and, and burst onto the scene but i don't know i don't think his arm is as lively as like a russell wilson you know like you know, Russell wasn't had for what is worth. Russell wasn't had all the physical attributes as far as like his skill as a passer, even before he became the guy we know today. I mean, right. Tua, he's got his his arm is kind of soft. Like I get like nothing like none of his passes. Like, I've never seen any zip. They just they they get there. They're accurate, but they're just kind of like no and, zip. <laughs> I mean, the right. Yeah. It's, it's just it's there, and and the difference. You're just you're so damned if you do and damned if you don't when it when it comes to that. And and just as we talked about, do you take offensive line? Do you do it? Then I guess you're looking for free agency. Yeah, and we can make that. We can make it shift. Yeah. But I mean, well, first off, I'm gonna say, and I don't, he he either might like it or not like it, and it's a bit of a hot take. But in my mind, just because of what his you know college career was like, how you know, and I mean, also there's a bit more obvious comparisons. But I think Fields at the all right, actually not Fields. Um, I think Tua at the moment reminds me a lot of Mariota. Trying to find an identity, trying coming off you know those injuries, trying to figure out he doesn't have a whole lot of zip, but he can be mobile. He's trying like that's that's who that's I'm seeing, a, and, and it could be a good thing or a bad you, thing. No, like you that's got, no, you well, that's you, not you, that's you, not a bad take. You you gotta let you gotta let those players be those players, and I will take that's it, where you can I do it in college. Take, it's take, a, right, college is a playground. You can go do what you want to do I, if, I, as long as it works. I will take it till you know. I, I will take it in my grade. You know, Cam Newton. You gotta let Cam Newton be Cam Newton. You've gotta let Cam. He's not a po- he's not a pocket passer. Stop it. He's not. So there have been times this year for New England when the when the hole opened up, and you're going run, and he's yeah. trying to throw the ball. Marcus Mariota. There were times over the last three or four years with the Titans where I'm like, oh my god, it's a part in the Red Sea. Run the football, and yet I got to throw because I got to be a po- no. And, and so I agree with what you said. Tua seems right now. And it, listen, it's year one. Yeah, he's got time. Yeah, it's year one. Is that it? But with that being said. Same thing with Marcus and stuff like that. You better figure it out quick because if not, it's going to get right here. Yeah, and, and, I mean, and when it gets here, you're done. And 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 so go ahead, Chauncey. I just I just want to hear what Tyler has. I, I want I, I want to know what Tyler's take on is on Tua. Like I mean, just, I mean, obviously we know it's his first season and we can't just 
give them all, just give them a permanent grade right now. But how do you feel about the progress, at least what we've seen so far from so this season? Yeah, like you said, it's year one, so we still got to see. And it's kind of, you know, I, I don't really agree with what the Dolphins are doing, going back and forth between Tua and Fitzpatrick. That's not yeah. – uh, Fitzpatrick loves it, but you – know, you're, are you going to make you know Tua be a rookie again all over next year? He's got to learn from some of these situations. You got to try to you know win or lose with him. So first of all, you know I don't like that. But you know second yeah. of all, you know going in, of course we got more time, but it's starting to almost seem like you know uh, Daniel Jeremiah moved the sticks podcast for the NFL Network. He, they talk about are the quarterbacks tractors or trailers? So do they a tractor like do they elevate the team or is a trailer is do you, do they kind of just get pulled by the team and carried by the team. I think too, it kind of leans towards, he's more of a trailer, you know, he kind of needs the help around him kind of like he did at Alabama. And if he does, he can still be good. I and mean, that's not a bad thing, but you know, he, he's not a guy that I don't think you're going to win because of just yet. And that's the issue I have when they have guys, when they put guys like Tua or Trevor on a pedestal, they don't like, you got to evaluate the players that they have on these teams. I mean, they've got some of the best players in the country that they're playing with. So if you put them into a uh, area like, you know, Miami or like New York or Jacksonville, they're not going to accumulate that same success right away. And sometimes they're, they, I feel like the, the impatience grows really quickly because you're expecting that same volatile, uh, that same volatile performance from them off the bat, but you're not going to get that right off the bat. That's why I think people need to pump the brakes on Trevor a little bit. And maybe even, I mean, that's why Fields to me is also like, not that the guys that they have at Ohio State aren't, you know, are great, but Fields to me, he reminds me a lot of, or especially in that game, he reminded me a lot of Russell Wilson. That composure in the pocket, knowing either to run or to sling it. I mean, some of those throws, he was like, oh, I'm just going to throw it. And it would go like 70 well, yards. I'm listen, like, how, how are you throwing it this far? Jalen Hurts did what he was supposed to do and, and played some great football for Alabama. Mm -hmm. Um Fields went out the other night and won a football game. I mean, he and, and he won. That he, game. he won the football game. Trevor Lawrence, dink and dunk, got 400 yards. It looked great, but at the end of the night, Fields won that football game. And, and at the end of the day, if at the end of the day, if I'm the Jags, I I, I want a winner. I don't want to. I don't want to take a chance. And not that I'm. And listen, I will argue all day that we can go down the road. Listen, Clemson's playing ACC football. I'm tired of it. Um even though Fields played six games or whatever. But at the end of the day, man up and play freaking football, and he didn't do it, and Trevor Fields did. And to me, you go at it and have, and, and, and have fun and go play. Deshaun, I mean, I'll go back to Deshaun Watson. I mean, they let Deshaun be Deshaun. Yeah. I mean, tr trust me, they have let Deshaun Watson be Deshaun, and guess what he does? He balls out. You know, it's it, you know, I I have a lot of issue, not not issue, but I look at quarterbacks different that I know are coming from a good system. And like Deshaun Watson, for example, like before Deshaun Watson got there, I, I don't care what people were saying about Clemson. That wasn't a system that like that was producing great quarterbacks. Like, it just it just didn't exist. That system didn't yeah. exist until you got Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson was just that great of a player. He made this happen. Like there was nothing about Clemson that told me they were going to be a national champion before Deshaun Watson. He made that happen. So when I see Deshaun Josh Watson, wasn't giving me that impression. No. So when I see Deshaun Watson go to the NFL and he's producing the way he what he produces, it's still the same. He's just going to make it happen, no matter what the system is, no matter who's around him. He's going to make it happen. Tua, product of product of a system. I mean, a lot of the quarterbacks from Alabama are game managers, and a lot of what I've seen from Tua. And Jalen Hurts, for at least for the little bit of time I've seen him, I seen I've seen him play in the NFL. It's still leaning more towards like 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 Tyler said, more of a trailer than a tractor. So when I see a guy like Justin Fields, Fields, that's Ohio State doesn't have a history of producing quarterbacks. While they do have talent all all, all, all the way around them, I can I look at that game last night and I say that's a guy that's just gonna that's just gonna elevate. You know, not that's saying that Lawrence can't. Don't don't get it twisted. But I'm saying like Fields has more of that quality to me than Lawrence does. And the and the tough part about it is, there are teams that function well with the system, and there are teams that function well with the player, i.e. Deshaun Watson in Houston, and we'll go the other side, Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee. Yeah, that is a system. I mean, that's that's all that is a system quarterback, and, and it can work. And it can and work. If you, and if I mean, it's the right it, system. It works. I mean, you know, to to understand that system and. Couple or runs, or couple. even they even localize it, and you have IE Cam Newton with the Panthers, and then right. flip it around. Okay, Jake Talone with the let, Panthers. Let me just ask this question because I want to throw this out here before we move any further. We're talking about quarterbacks. Chances that Cam Newton's back here next year? I, Absolutely zero. <laughs> I will be. I would be. I would be. I would be upset, honestly, because then what the hell was the last year for? 
Like what was I'm the just, entire? I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, no, saying, just, just yeah. It's well, not, okay, so let's ask this: Where does Cam Newton end up? I got, I got, I got three places. And I, does he play another down in the NFL? I think he still that's can. That's a question too. I, I mean, that's a good question. And I don't mean throw that out. I just we're talking no, football. No, I mean, so we were gonna get there at one point. I think he's. I don't. I don't think he stays in New England. And I understand. And I think a lot of New England fans start to understand that. Or there's there's a half of fan, NFL fan, or, uh, New England fans understand that. There's people that will blame Cam for literally Let me stop you there real anything. quick, though. Let me stop you there real quick, though. Tom Brady could have been with the New England Patriots they this year. They wouldn't have done anything. And they would have still been 7-0. They would have missed the playoffs. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. They just they would have. That roster was awful. Right. Yeah. Why do you think just, and why then, do you so, think they got all those weapons in Tampa Bay that they have right now? Why right. do you think no, they signed I, no, Antonio I, Brown I, halfway listen, through the season? People can make the argument about Bill Belichick and Tom Brady and who's better and who made who and stuff. Stop it. If 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 Tom Brady would have been at the Patriots this year, they missed the playoffs. They're seven and nine in the playoffs. Especially especially with the way the Bills and the Dolphins played this and that, year. And that's all oh, yeah. especially with the way the Bills and the Dolphins played this year. I'd go ahead though. No. Where where does where does Cam in? Well, so I think I think a big spot that he's gonna look at is I think depends depends on what Phil Rivers does. I think Phil Rivers may or may not be out of the door. I just don't think he there's anything more that he can achieve. And I think the Colts have realized that that's probably the highest ceiling they can get is a wild card playoff spot. I don't think he can propel them any forward. We were saying this from the get-go. The Colts had the weapons in the line to help Cam succeed. They needed like maybe one more mm-hmm. receiver. That's maybe it. They can get they can get another receiver in the draft. Him and see what can eat. Him and see exactly. Him and see what can eat. Throwing Keen Hines team. and Jonathan Taylor in the mix with the line of defense they have. Go somewhere <laughs> else. I'm good with it. <laughs> I think a scary one. It depends on what the Falcons do. I think could, we talked about the Falcons. I think if, the, if they're out the throwing Matt Ryan, I could that could be a way. I mean, with Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones and Todd Gurley too. I mean, he him, him just going home. Yeah, and. A sleeper pick, a dark horse that I could see, would be San Francisco. If they're, you know, thinking of maybe moving away from Jimmy G. I mean, oh, the weapons they got with Brandon A. Ayuk and Debo. I mean, and the, and especially, I mean, just especially with how much Shanahan likes to run the football, it fits. It fits the aesthetic of what Cam is really best at: run, run heavy teams, pass off play action. Because Jimmy G is a pocket pa- a passer that can run and is mobile. Cam at this age is more likely than probably a pocket passer that can run and is mobile. Because we still saw, I mean, we, the, with the, even with the Patriots game, the Bills game, excuse me, Cam was making people miss. He was making he made Mario Addison miss on that on that on that on that, on that play. So Tyler, what you think? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, Titans. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, I had to bring that one up. But, uh, Tyler is you know. no longer a part of our. I'm putting my beer all over the window surface. That was good, dude. I'll give you credit. Yeah, yeah no, but um, yeah, and, you know, I, I really like the the um, you know, the San Francisco pick. Um, you know, also the Redskins or the football team will be mentioned uh, here and there. But uh, team, you know, it, it's not going to be the coolest thing to say or most um, exciting for Cam. Um, but you know, wherever Fields ends up, if he wants to go there and be the backup, the you know the bridge quarterback, because him and Fields, similar players in their careers, uh, I think he could they could learn a lot from each other. And uh, you know, that looks right now to be like the Jets. So that, that's another place to um, think about for Cam. I can see it. I mean, uh, I know. I don't have anything. I go lie. I really, I really haven't thought about it. It just <laughs> aside from Washington, I really didn't Washington and Indianapolis. I, I did think about Indianapolis. I, I just don't think that they have much more to accomplish, like you said, with Phillip Rivers. That, that, that's gonna that's the ceiling that they have. Uh, Jeff would be blowing yeah, his brains out, and so and so would I. Honestly, I mean, if he went to the Colts, because I don't like the Colts, and I or if I like gonna, Cam, that would destroy. I'd be like, Mark, forget it. Yeah, I no, I will say though, if, if Cam look. For what it's worth, Cam's only – I mean, he's been seven to eight as a starter this year. I do think that if he put a better roster around him with you put, his listen, Indianapolis – You give him T.Y. Hilton, is right? T.Y. Hilton. You give him – John. you give him um, – Michael Pitts was doing, do, no, was doing uh, good too. Running back. Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor, Taylor Hines, who had like almost 200 yards a day. Yeah. Give him a – I mean, that's – And that's a, Frank, a similar build to – like good defense right. too. Like, you yeah. know, it, it works. You give him Frank Reich as a, you know, head coach and somebody who can work with him on the offensive side of the ball – yeah. Um, that's why I don't think Washington would be a good like the D. You know, they need another wide receiver. Well, the Ron's, D would always, be, Ron's always been the D guy, so I think you get him an offensive minded coordinator and, and head coach. Go at well, it. Well, don't forget, don't and forget, uh, don't forget their offensive coordinator. Um, in Washington is hot ah, crap. I always forget his name. Tyler, you remember he gets, Scott Turner? Huh? Scott Turner. Scott Turner. Scott yeah, yeah. yeah. Norvston. Isn't it Norvston? Yeah, he used to be he with the Panthers. Right. He may want to come back to that situation because, for what is worth, Cam played great under that turn, under that Turner system. 
Oh, that – like, this is Agreed. might be a hot day, too. Cam, one of Cam's best seasons before that injury was under Norv Turner's offense. Yeah. We were playing out Which of our disgusting. minds. We were playing out of our absolute minds with some of the plays he was making. And just, like, Cam had so much fun, especially in those first, like, eight weeks. And well, we had a full I, season of that. Hmm. Oh, sorry. Look, nice. I just want to ask, like, what's Washington's draft position right now? Like, if, say if they win, what's, what's their draft position? Well, if they win, 20, it's 24, 25. 25th. And by the way, maybe, as we're taping I, this, as we're doing this, they're up ten nothing. Yeah, I saw that. I, I mean, I was thinking maybe if they, if say they were to lose, you creep back in close to that, you know, like somewhere like around like top fifteen. There's a there's, there's, there's some receivers. There'd be ten. Be 10? There, there's some there'll receivers 10 sitting there, and if you just go get Cam. You don't have to worry about quarterback. Quarterback, quarterback is set. Go get you a receiver, and then piece one up with Terry McLaurin, and then maybe you got something there. You know. So we talked about, and we, no, I would definitely do that too. Um, but we talked about draft in terms of quarterback, but free agency was something we want to touch on too. I don't know what, I hope it's just, you know, media BS, and that's coming from someone in the media, quotation marks. But <laughs> I, there's nothing in my mind that would give any logic to the Panthers searching after Dwayne Haskins. I, I don't, I don't know if they watch the game. I mean, we talked about it a little bit, not even just from like, because I understand the guy, like, there have been reports, you know, he's had some, you know, some, some mental health issues. He's had some, you know, things going on in his life, which I mean, I, I get that. But if Ron Rivera couldn't set him on the right path and help him become a better man, there ain't no way in hell. And it's nothing against Rule, but there's no way Rule can turn him around like that. That's just in my opinion. I'll say for Dwayne Haskins, he's from that area. He's from that Maryland area. I think it was an issue of you got to get away from home. That's yeah. One, a lot of guys, the most trouble I've seen guys get in is when they go home. I mean, I mean, I, you, you, we can go through a whole list of, of, of guys, like whether they're athletes, actors, celebrities in general, that get in trouble when they're back at home. That's just the wrong place for him to be. He's too young. He's 23. I mean, we're all around it. We're, we're around his age group. He's 20. Back, oh, my good. I didn't yeah, even no, think yeah, about the no, metrics of that. Yeah, no, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, 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 he, yeah he's our age. So, I mean, like, I, I could imagine being a multimillionaire back at home and imagine what I would do. Well, he needs you to at your home probably wouldn't do that much. Maybe yeah, maybe not my home, but the city over. But listen, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna give you I'm gonna get Tyrod Taylor, Jacoby Brissett. The list goes on and on. That he, 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 he got he's got his act together. He's just not, and he's not. I mean, even when he played, he's not that impressive. It gets no. back to the quarterback stuff you talked about drafting. You're it, it's throwing darts at a board. I mean, you're either gonna hit a, a bullseye or you're gonna be. Off the yeah. oh, I see Tyler shaking his head. Go ahead, Tyler. Yeah, you know, I'll play dev- devil's advocate here. Um, you know, like you know, it's a it's a long shot. It's a long <laughs> shot here with uh, with Dwayne Haskins, you know, former first round pick, 17th overall pick, um, you know, that had talent at some point and he produced in at Ohio State. But you know, things in the NFL just haven't gone gone well. And it's not just been on the field, it's been, you know, off the field stuff to do. And it's just not all not all right there with Dwayne. And you know, He's going to get in a second shot in the league somewhere, but that's about it. He's not getting, you know, this is it for him. He's got to, he's got to make it happen now or never. So, right. you know, we have a strong enough culture where, you know, if we, if it doesn't work, we cut him, you know, we just signed him to a short deal and, you know, former first round pick and we got to crack out the bat at it. You know, you might as well. Um, like, we, we have such, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Say, it's, not, it's not unheard of, you know, for a former first round pick who, you know, had slow, getting slow off the, off the, uh, off the jump, come back and make success. The first thing that comes to my mind, Sam Bradford. I mean, he took – he helped the Vikings get to that point. I, I would have rather went with Ryan Tannehill on that one. Well, that's true. Also true. I probably would have went with Tannehill. That's like – Well, the bad part is, I mean, you look at the last four years. What I mean, listen, we're going. Marcus Mariota. I said, that, was, that, was the, that was the biggest uh, – like, the, the two Mario, worst parts James of the game Winston. today. Hold up. The worst two parts of the game today were Taysom Mills scoring a touchdown and us doing so poorly they brought Jameis Winston in. That's where I was like I, – I, I literally – I shut the screen – when uh, when Jameis Winston came in, I was like, "Oh no, <laughs> oh no!" He, listen, Dwayne has it's it's all right here. It is all right yeah. here, and it needs to be here. It needs to be in the heart, not the head. Until he gets that straight, I think he thinks he's better than he is. And yeah. I, well, he I, said that from the get go. Oh, no, right? He, did, I mean, he, he said that. It's what would mm-hmm. it's it what? And don't get me wrong, I'm sorry. It's what killed Cam from the get go when he said, "I want to be an entertainer and not a football player." And from the get-go, people didn't like him, and people still don't like him for something he said when he – right? 
When he was a rookie. Yeah, this is, this I is mean, true. This he was throwing back up until he said the routes thing, I, and then, uh, well, then, then he right. went back down. <laughs> but, but, but listen, day one he said, I want to be an entertainer, and I don't care about football. I want to be an entertainer and stuff. That resonated with people, and it still does today with Panther fans that, hey, you are where you are because you wanted to be an entertainer and not a football player. And so Haskins, to me, he needs to get his act together. I mean, it's quarterbacks, it's all right. Carson Wentz. When you sit there and said, I'm not going to back up Jalen Hurts or whatever, or I'm not going to be a backup, Carson Wentz can rot now for the rest of it, as far as I'm concerned. Although, you know, people might say wherever. I don't know, but. I, no, I mean, and there's some other couple guys. Uh, Ian, who was with our team, he brought up uh, Matthew Stafford. I, that's that. I, I, I love you, buddy, but I don't, I don't, I can't, I can't touch that one. I don't know what he would be able to do with us. I understand we have weapons here and the Lions don't, but there's nothing I've ever seen from Matt, Matthew Stafford without one of the best receivers to ever play the game, you know, in that top 10 that has given me any confidence in his playing ability. So I'm not going to touch that one. I mean, there's a guy we obviously we clear and presently want, and that's Sean Watson, but we know that's a tough road to get to either, you know, either trading or contract buyout. So I don't, I don't know about y'all. I will say we and we can end it on this. Um, one thing that makes me we can I'm gonna end it with one thing that makes us all you know, um, all uh, you know optimistic for the future and just you know what we're most you know excited about going forward. For me, I think it's definitely. I mean, I don't want to take the you know most easy one off the bat from y'all, but I think it's just the for the first time you know since probably 2012 2013 we've have a incredibly young team, especially on the defensive side of the ball where we can cultivate these guys and build them up from even better than they already are. When you have a young base like Dante and Jeremy and Brian and, and Derek, especially on the defensive side, if you can get all of them building up and build a kind of chemistry over time, you get, I mean, you, you can get a dominant defense and that's what, you know, we, the Panthers have pride have, have prided themselves on in the, in the past as those dominant defenses. I don't know what makes you all the most, you know, kind of excited for the future. That's how I'll let you shoot. Cause I'm still thinking. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, most excited. I, you know, I like where we're at. Uh, we have, we know who our players are. We know who our cornerstones of the franchise are. I'm excited to get Christian McCaffrey back the best running back in the league, in my opinion, uh, next year as you go along with our receiving group that we have now. Uh, <laughs> To go to go along with the receivers we have now, and then also we're I'm excited that we're in a position to you know maybe get the quarterback of the future. Um, so I'm, I'm excited for the offseason and I'm excited for um, the future of our offense. I'm gonna go with um, I, I'm gonna go with the 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 youth of the team, but Matt Rule, I, I, I like him. I think Matt Rule has done some cool things, and he's brought an attitude to the team of going, "Hey, we can do this now. We don't need to wait." Um, and, and I think the defensive side of the ball has shown an immense amount of promise. Um, the, the offense, listen, get a quarterback. And I think, you know, you've got, wow, some studs. I mean, you've got a top five offense easily. Um, I ticked Jack off a little bit earlier today. I'm a little concerned about the status of CMC. I, I really am. And I know Jack's going to shake his head. I, I, ju I just am. I mean, why not? I, I know we're going to say that they were out of it, blah, blah, blah. Why didn't you play him? I, I just I don't get it. Unless he's more injured than he is, that's my only concern. Is is he more injured than what he said? And but to be fair with the way our medical staff is, I, I but, wouldn't surprise but I'm just, me. I'm, I'm concerned as to why you know the last two weeks. Unless he, I mean, it, can he not carry football? Is he that bad off? And they just didn't want to risk it. But either way, either way, Matt Rule. Um, hey, congrats, man. I, I think overall first year to come in here and 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 have people talking about. Um, the defense talk about a young offense and the young defense, but also listen, we were in games. I mean, we were in games and, and to be on the edge of your seats um, and whether you had your heart broken or not, um, I, I think overall to have the pandemic, to go through what you've gone through and to do it. God bless you, Matt rule. So for me, I'll say, I guess what makes me the most excited for the team moving forward is that we have the, the young core. I, I believe that they, they will take him to the future. Obviously, Brian Burns, Derek Brown, and Jeremy Chin—that's the core I'm willing to I'm willing to live with for the next five years. And I'm, even DJ Moore really establishing himself as a legitimate top fifteen, pushing top ten receiver. I mean, you, I, I think we have young corner star pieces that you can't deny are one of the most talented, some of the most talented in the league. And so, moving forward with that, I feel great if we do the right things as far as picking the quarterback and filling out the rest of the roster, I think we'll be in prime position to make a run for a Super Bowl title in the next, we'll say, about three, we'll say three to four years away from that. So I'd say, this is what we can end it on. I will say, 
for the first time, you know, it's we we're not this team isn't on the clock for success. You know, with when like I said in 2012-2013 with the age of the guys of the veterans we had, we were on the clock for success. We had a window uh to be able to get to you know where we wanted to be because of how long they had. It's the first time where we don't have that. These guys have eight, nine, ten years before they even, you know, some of them before they even reach their prime. So I will say on the opposite side, the negative side, if we have all this time and our front office can't figure out a way to get a offensive line and a solid defensive back group to complement these offensive and defensive playing uh, ability, I will personally drive to wherever David Tepper lives Rocky, and throw Rocky. a various amount of, of, of TP and water balloons and, and just everything at his house because we have so much time now to be able to cultivate a team that can be, you know, incredibly successful. And I just hope they kind of, they, they take the chance to do that. And luckily, I don't know if it'll be as crazy of an off season as we had last year, y'all, when we first started our podcast, because crazy or not, believe it or not, I think we're coming up on almost a year of doing just podcasting in general when we first all came together. And that's incredible to think that's of crazy. for just four guys sitting in their different houses, recording Panthers podcast, and apparently people listen to it. So <laughs> I, I, you know, we, we try to thank all of y'all for who have, you know, anyone who has been with us since the beginning and anyone who has just joined since we, you know, came on to Panthers or even just started listening last week, every single one of you means the world to us. Um, Cause we're just Panthers fans. And the fact that y'all, you know, he listened to us and agree with us or tell you, it just, it, it feels, yeah, yeah. It, just, it, it just, it, it means the world to us. And so we're going to bring you a lot. We're going to, we are going to, we had a couple questions that people asked. We are going to continue to bring, uh, produce episodes as we go into the off season. Um, we'll probably have a kind of season break uh, in here in a couple, in a little bit, but I mean, now we've got all the time in the world. We don't have to be worrying about the Panthers every week. So we can, we're going to start, you know, adding some more stuff to the podcast and more things for you as well. So just everyone stay tuned for that. And until next time, everyone keep pounding.